My name is Jillian. My name is Yolanda. And welcome to The Pemberley Podcast. It's good to be back, Yolanda. After a whole week break, we are back. (laughs) No, that, I mean, that was a long week. That felt like forever. It did. But fear not, we've got a really great episode ahead because we're finally at the Wickham episode. Finally, we've we've been counting down for like yeah. 20 episodes. I feel like each new introduction of a guy is like a, a mark in the show of like, <laughs> we just got to make it there, we got to make it there. And like the last big one really is Darcy after this. Oh yeah. And you know what? Because Wickham graces us with his presence at episode 45 and Darcy Day was episode 60. We're still only 15 episodes away. We're closing in on that gap and it's like, it's crazy that we're we've gotten this far <laughs> i feel like lizzie because i mean we're not going to get into it yet but the, right. first, the first thing she says in episode 45 is like Woo, wow i've been talking to you guys for forever i can't keep track of the episodes we do keep track of our episodes i know lizzie they're numbered <laughs> how do you lose track count the numbers you're a smart girl before we get into the episode though there is some pride and prejudice news that's been broken yeah Bre- breaking news we are the cnn of All Pride and Prejudice related news. We are breaking news. We are 24 hours a day, on Twitter at least. Um, It was announced in the entertainment trades recently on Deadline that Warner Brothers has optioned the rights to the season Pride and Prejudice in High Texas Society. So, I mean, the first line of this is Warner Brothers has acquired feature rights to Josiah, Lisa, and Stephen Dyer's novel, The Season, for Temple Hill Entertainment Partners. It's basically another modern-day adaptation of Pride and Prejudice, except our heroine is a tomboy and soccer star who's forced into the elite Dallas debutante society by her mother. The teen's rebellious behavior and sharp tongue quickly put her on probation. While navigating the cutthroat debutante culture, Megan also juggles a tumultuous romance and a complicated relationship with her perfect twin sister. And I have to just read this tagline for the book because it's pretty great. <laughs> she can score... Okay, so you, you mentioned she's a soccer star as well. Uh-huh. So she can score a goal, do 60 box jumps in a row, bench press 150 pounds, but can she learn to curtsy? <gasps> Can she, Yolanda? Can this tomboy learn to be a lady? Oh, gosh darn it. <laughs> Even they, they've got a picture of the cover of the book and it says, Debutantes, debauchery, disaster. I mean, we were talking about this a bit beforehand, but a lot of the premise does sound quite similar to She's the Man. Right. I mean, you've got your tomboy soccer star with a twin sibling who yes. is being forced into... You know, debutante kind debut- of or like high society kind of stuff is i don't real i don't do know do that I, i'm I not actually... i'm not part of the one percent <laughs> <laughs> what um i fooled you <laughs> uh, yes you did it's okay i'm not there either you know so call to action for any of our listeners do you know anything about debutante society is this relevant or is it I don't know. Nowadays, I would think it would just be kind of like a charity thing where it's like fun to teach your daughter's manners and like have a ball. Like I like I've never heard of a modern day ball that's like not for charity. I think I wanted to do that, like the whole like school or things like that. But I mean, obviously, yeah, like they make it seem so glamorous when you're glamorous. So like everyone wants to do that. Like when you see she's the man, you're like, wait, that that like seems kind of fun. I don't know. (laughs) I'm like, what? She's complaining about wearing pretty dresses. I know. Yeah, I don't. I have zero idea of like what this world is. If this world still exists, because it's like technically it's like presenting 
their daughters to society. Yeah, and that's not something that's really done anymore. You're or, presented to the world when you're born, and that's your big shot. I mean, you could say, like, in, in Hispanic culture, there's also, like, the quinceañeras. Right. So, like, at 15, that happens. Sweet 16s are still, like, yeah, kind of a thing. Same I, premise. I think. And then there's, like, bar and bat mitzvahs. Yeah. Like, like there, yeah, you know what? There are, like, coming-of-age celebrations in so each culture. I, if this is, you know, part of that. <laughs> what I don't even know how to categorize, like, high Texas high society Honestly, or whatever. Yeah. Sounds yeah. like a show on Bravo. <laughs> It should it should be. It, it should, should be. be. I mean there's like Southern Charm and the Real Housewives of like wherever, but Yeah, so it's if, like a combination of that. If you have recently participated yes. in this, let us know. Is this Love a real thing? Well, so what's also interesting about this is the production company behind it is Temple Hill. And they have made the Twilight Saga, the Maze Runner, and the Fault in Our Stars. And oh, and they made um Power Rangers, the the movie that just came out. So very successful films, right? And uh, I mean, Twilight will forever be a very controversial YA romance. And uh, Maze Runner, I think, was pretty popular. Fault in Our Stars was crazy popular. Yeah. Hi, John. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Hi, he, John Green. If Hank doesn't listen, there's like there's zero no. chance. There, you know, what's funny is like Hank could have like just gotten off of Skype with us that day and. You know, John calls him and he's like, "Hey, man, like, how's your day going? How, how, what'd you do?" And he's like, "Oh, nothing." Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, "Don't even pretend that's, that like he talked that's about." That's what us. I imagine. Yeah, but they did make the fault in our stars. So very true. I mean, d- definitely, we can look forward to a big budget. Probably famous people in yeah. the cast. Uh, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'll see it. We'll see. Let's see it together when yeah. it eventually. I mean, they it's literally, probably going to be out in two years. Or yeah, something. I, was say, I mean, they like just announced that they optioned it on April nineteenth. Yeah, so we've got some time ahead of us. But, but this is clearly like a studio that like gets things moving and like well, will make you've, it. If you've heard of Warner Brothers, they, <laughs> they've made some very popular movies over yes. the years. Well. Let's transition into the modern Pride and Prejudice adaptation we both know and love, The Lizzie Bennet Diaries, because this is just the biggest episode that's happened for some time, The Wickham Episode! Starting with episode 45, Wickham Storytime, written by Anne Toole, we finally get a version of the story of the Darcy Wickham drama directly from the source of George Wickham himself, rather than through costume theater of this is what happened last night. We actually get the character that she's been talking about for so long in the room. We have Wickham in the flesh. There was a lot of hype, a lot of expectation. Yeah. And it was delivered. I think Wickham is everything I hoped he would be. What about you? I'm I'm trying to remember my like original reaction to this. And I think it was definitely like, I don't trust this, but his face. <laughs> Not like, I don't try, trust everything but his face. Yeah. But I face that his face is the number one thing you do yeah, trust. Yeah, you're like, it, it feels so conflicted. He's so attractive. He's so- but everything he's doing is horrible, right? Right? So. Well, so maybe we should look at this because technically, like, let's pretend we've never, because we're, we're in Lizzie Bennett's world. So, like, we don't know anything yeah, that's gonna happen in advance we are just as ignorant as they are as mm-hmm. far as we know he's just a really hot guy who's into lizzie and who wants to argue against that yeah i realize that i haven't watched this episode in a long time because there was a lot that i was like oh this feels new to me Same. um 
And I think, I don't know, I didn't realize Wickham was so bro-y and just pulls off that vibe. And I, I don't know, maybe I just saw him as more charming before and feeling like he was a viable option for Lizzie. But now I'm like, Lizzie, why would you go there? Why would you choose this? Well, I think the whole point of Wickham's character is he's a guy you want to date, you want him to want you, but he's not good for you. And Mm. you're, like, because, maybe, like, because in Lizzie's defense, I don't think she takes this relationship really seriously. Like, she's not dating him the way that Jane was going after being where they just had so much in common and she just felt so comfortable around him. I think she's like, this is the hottest man I've ever seen and I'm not going to let him get away. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's definitely true because... When Wickham wasn't around, we didn't really hear about him. Mm-hmm. That was the thing. It was like, wait, shouldn't are they texting still? What's going on? What's the status? Mm-hmm. And it, we just did not hear about him for so long. In between, like that first interaction, kind of nothing, and now finally, it was like, oh, he's coming back and he's here. Right, and we finally get to see him. And I have to thank all of our writers for giving us what we want. Um, we'll get to it at the end, but our Lydia, writers. our writers, <laughs> the writers, the, the writers of the Lizzie Bennet diaries. Cause that, it was funny at first, I, I, like I remembered the shirt taking off scene, Yeah, but it was just rewatching this now. I was like, frame by frame, Lydia's coming into her sister's room as she frequently does, but she came in with the intention of stripping her older sister's like gentleman collar mm-hmm. and... You know, it's just a, a step too far. But then I remembered I wasn't mad. Yes. <laughs> the, whole, know, the whole point of that is to like get his shirt off. And we're like, you know, uh, yeah, I buy it. I'm not even yeah. mad. <laughs> yeah. At that point, we're not analyzing like, why is Lydia? Oh, no, I forget everything my, my point was yep. supposed to be. <laughs> Up until this point, all we know is what Lizzie has described him as looks wise, personality wise. And so we finally see him. And he is just as attractive as everyone has been saying he is. Yeah, and you, I think you were a little wishy-washy on his charm. I think sort of given the kind of person, you know, he's like very handsome and he's got like this very athletic job where he helps people. He does a good job of sort of goofing around. Like he's goofy, you know? And it's <laughs> it's yeah. nice because it makes him also very relatable and very personable. Yeah. So he's mm-hmm. very good at, not only do people trust him because of the face, but yeah. he he's very good at just making these corny jokes like, oh, I am not going to miss your room. I am looking for books on serial killers, seeing if there's any red flags when he's the biggest red flag in the room. <laughs> so before going into Wickham's actual story time, the way he kind of approaches that is like, I can't say, like, I don't want to sell anyone's name. I don't want to go there. But actually, let's talk all about it. <laughs> ah, I... I- It's not that I don't want to tell you, I just, I don't want to sully any names. You are a disturbingly good person, but uh, I guess I understand. Although, the story could be told hypothetically. That's a very Caroline-esque thing to do. Caroline's also like that, where she's like, I don't want to talk about it, or maybe we should, and actually I'm going to reveal everything. On camera. On camera, yeah. these pretty people are not ignorant to the camera. And actually, Caroline and Wickham were both aware of the videos before being on the videos. (gasps) Very true, right, because Lizzie was a little mortified because she talked, like us, she talks about how hot he is and how much she enjoyed meeting him. And so in a way, she's like, 
given him this information. She's given him power because he Mm -hmm. knows that she's into him. And he knows that he can exercise a certain power over her. And he knows that she already has negative feelings toward Darcy. So any, like, any bit of information that's going to just, like, fully tip that over, he's more than welcome to share that with her and the audience. Right, but the fact that he is seemingly so hesitant to share this information mm-hmm. only makes him look like a freaking boy scout, you know? <laughs> because not only is he saying that he's been wronged and that his whole life was uprooted because of this man in the worst way, he has like almost forgiven him. He all, He's done all this horrible stuff to him and he still says, I don't want to sully his name, mm-hmm. which makes him look like a freaking martyr, which is brilliant. Yeah. Because <laughs> you feel bad for him. You're like, I can take care of you, you beautiful wounded puppy. I think you're definitely siding with Wicca more than I was, which is yep. totally fine. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I did not completely feel that way of like, oh no, this wounded puppy. Uh, yeah, I was just... Very wary of him from the start. And it's not just knowing what's to come. Later, we'll read a comment of mine mm-hmm. that proves this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, right. And so they get into their own version of costume theater. Yeah. Wickham Story Time, which is just like a big Grimm Brothers fairy tales book. And we learn about Darvid and Batman growing up together as boys. And Darcy or Darvid's father loved Batman, Wickham, so much that he was like, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to pay for your college education, which is like a very generous thing to do, Mm -hmm. given how expensive college educations are. Yeah. So Darcy's father dies. And so Darcy's in charge of all the paperwork. And according to Wickham, when he goes and asks for his college tuition money, Darcy says no. So he can't go to college and he is doomed to roam the earth as a swim coach were there no other financial options for wickham to go to college i feel like if he was only set on going to this one college mm-hmm. and it's super it's like it seems like an ivy league level college like super yeah. expensive well if everyone who goes there comes out making millions of dollars <laughs> yeah. just take the debt <laughs> yeah, exactly well and i think that's where it is a very simplistic story. Yeah. And it's one, It's like the first hole that you can poke in this. Yeah. And we're going to talk about this in the next episode when Jane gives her opinion. But it's it's riddled with inconsistencies based on what we know about Darcy. It's not to say like this is because of the writing. It's also, this is Wickham. Mm-hmm. This is Wickham just trying to portray as few details as possible in order to make himself look as best as possible. Right. So he's offering, like, I I was supposed to be left money. Darcy was supposed to give it to me. Darcy didn't give it to me. I couldn't go to college. Mm-hmm. Four simple points. That's, that's the story. Even though Batman and Darvid were lifelong friends, Darvid broke his father's promise and wouldn't let him go study at the cave. It works like a charm. Because on Lizzie, yeah. <laughs> on Lizzie. Well, sure. And she's like, I can't believe that happened to you. It not only makes her like him more because she feels bad that he's suffered this great tragedy. Yeah. It makes her hate Darcy even more because it confirms what she already assumes she knows about him. Yeah. So. Yeah, it doesn't take much for Lizzie to hate Darcy. So, like, <laughs> she's really not looking for details. She's not looking to poke holes in any story. She's like, that sounds like Darcy. I buy it. Yep. Uh, and then, of course, Lydia comes in and does God's work. <laughs> <laughs> 
fills the water on his shirt. I love that she came in with a red solo cup, too. Like, the symbol of American partying is that red solo cup. And she just filled it with water. She, he got so much water everywhere and like honest do you think he like brought a change of no didn't we ask margaret about this they did it they did it was Once, one take it was one they take. had kind of like practiced how it'd be how it would be done mm-hmm. so if anyone had messed up their lines after that like they would have had to do it again i mean it was just great because she's like oh no and then she tosses the cup aside, like it's so nothing <laughs> that was yeah the rest of it was really great the nervous laugh from lizzie <laughs> yeah and then lizzie slapped her yeah, hand away yeah. from her Almost boyfriend's abs. Yeah. That was was a little too far, Lydia. And and everyone in the comments, of course, is calling out the fact that why is his favorite shirt this plain gray Gray v-neck? And it's like, what? (laughs) That's your favorite shirt? (laughs) All right. Tell me if you think this is, because I feel like we're going to pay really close attention to Wickham in these. And we're going to see two sides of him. One side is where he, this is how he presents himself to the world. And he's a great guy. And he's very sweet and very handsome. But we know there's also like devil Wickham, where he just has these dishonorable intentions. It's very selfish. When Lydia spills that, he goes, ah, damn it. And is very upset. Do you think he should rightfully be upset? Or do you feel like he was too quick to anger? I know I'm digging into this too much, but we're going to do it. I think that's, that's good because I don't know. I think it's like, it's just water. Why get upset? And I think it is quick to anger though, to your question. I I think that's kind of a sign of like, why did he get that angry so quickly? I mean, he acts kind of rash. I mean, you know, in his defense, like, he did calm down. He was like, oh, man. Oh, well. And then she's like, you know, it can't be very comfortable in a wet shirt. You should probably take that off. And there there were some comments that pointed that out, that, like, he was kind of quick to get angry about this mm. over a plain gray t-shirt. And water. Yeah. You know, it's not going to stain. It's just a little wet. She got yeah. all over his pants, too. That's what I would be most upset about. I'd also like to start a countdown here of the number of times... George Wickham uses the word peach. Like, he he calls a woman, like, that's his pet name, Peach, which is stupid. I think it's a dumb nickname. I'm sorry if anyone out there, if your loved one calls you Peach, (laughs) is a fruit. (laughs) It's just, it doesn't feel very endearing. It's a very generic... Fruit. fruit. (laughs) It's very generic, like, name to call someone. I mean, it could have been anything, so Peach is a very... Different choice. Thanks, Peach. Yeah, like, it definitely separates him. Like, in the first episode of Scandal, President whatever calls all his women sweet baby. And that's how Olivia... Oh, yeah, that's that's, how she knows. That's how Olivia Pope is like... You called her sweet baby. You're a liar. That's how you called me. So that's, like, his signature. And then he pulls her out of, like, the camera view. And he's like, no, it's been you or whatever. I don't know. Uh, Let's transition to episode 46. Birthday party battle plan, also written by Anne Toole. Lizzie announces the plan that Bing will be having a birthday party. Yay! And Wickham is still around. Yay. Yeah, no, this is a feature-length Wickham episode of the Pemberley podcast because he's in both episodes. And if it's humanly possible, he's even cuter in this episode. This shirt is actually better than the last shirt. Yeah, it was. I don't know why this black one is not his favorite shirt that is my favorite shirt on him <laughs> so far <laughs> so far maybe he's got a whole wardrobe at home that's just different colored v-necks <laughs> i think so 
So we see a lot more of Wickham in this episode, and I feel like he sort of creates this dynamic where we can look at who's white knight George Wickham and who's like red flag Wickham. It's pretty simple. Uh, Bing's birthday is coming up and he's having a big party. He's inviting all the parents. Boo. Although it does somewhat validate me that they also refer to their parents as the grown-ups and do not think of themselves as the grown-ups. They think of themselves as the 16-year-olds who are still sneaking off to party. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with George's suggestion that they have a party within a party. Which he thinks he's like a genius for. He's like, I'm, I have this brilliant idea, a party within a party. I feel like that naturally happens at whatever family gathering, just like all the cousins or all the friends kind of yeah. like gather together separately. So it's gonna, it would happen anyways without George's brilliant plan. Yeah, but he he does pull a good white knight George move because Lizzie really wants him to be her plus one, to show him off to the world. Mm-hmm. And but oh no, Darcy's gonna be there, but he doesn't care. He doesn't care if Darcy or the Loch Ness monster is gonna be at this party. He is gonna stand by his woman. And in fact, he's saying, like, if Darcy doesn't want to see me, he can be the one that doesn't show up. Yeah. So really just like kind of putting that putting that in Lizzie's mind, like, yeah, of course I'm going to be there. I, if Darcy's there, I will definitely be there. Like, doesn't matter to me. If Darcy doesn't want to see me, he can just, like, leave the party. He's asserting his dominance in the situation. Yeah, he is. And then Jane comes in and it's his cue to leave where we see red flag George. And he says, you don't have to go. Oh, I've got people to do and things to see. I'll see you at the party. Which could easily be just a mix-up, obviously, but it is just a little... It's a little duper suspicioso. Who are you doing, George? (laughs) (laughs) It seems like if he so, like, casually said it, it's probably something he says all the time as a joke. Mm. But it's probably a joke. Anyway. It's probably, yeah, probably not a joke. (laughs) So he leaves, and then we... We do get to poke some more holes in that story that we were talking about last episode. And so by now, word has gotten around Bennett household that George, this poor guy who got denied his inheritance, and Jane obviously feels just as bad for him. But she kind of acknowledges this sort of Harry Potter prophecy in this where they're like, neither can live while the other survives. Like... There are two universes where George got denied his inheritance, where Darcy's the kind of person who denies his lifelong friend his inheritance, and the one where Wickham is not a liar. And both of these universes cannot exist because Jane just does not think Darcy is such a bad person that he would be so vindictive, come after his former best friend like that and deny him a college education. She just doesn't think that about him. She also doesn't think George is a liar, but... It's, you know, both of these don't make sense. For Lizzie, it's clear. It's like, yes, George is telling the truth. I completely believe him. Move on, Jane. Like, yeah. like people can be horrible. Yeah. But Jane is just, yeah, she doesn't agree. She's like, she sees good in Darcy. She sees good in, in Wickham. And she can't see how both stories, I don't know, could could exist, really. And I think Jane, Jane just always sees the best in people. And she wants to believe that everyone is good. That no one's going to purposefully take someone down. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. There's no reason for her to believe that Wickham could be lying, that Darcy could be bad. It's just not a possibility for Jane. And that's why she's like, well, there's there's something off. There's something wrong with this story. 
Which, like, Lizzie just writes off as, like, you're too nice. Right. <laughs> and what's interesting is another reason why she knows that Darcy's a good person is because he's such good friends with Bing. Yeah, she brings up Bing. She's like, well, if he's friends with Bing and Bing is, like, this amazing guy, how? <laughs> yeah, well, like, let's face it. Like, Bing is the male version of Jane. He's, yeah. like, this, like, fairy who, like, sprinkles rose petals and goodness and rainbows on everything. And he's friends with this very curmudgeon, agoraphobic lobster. Mm -hmm. But they're still good friends, and they look out for each other, and she just can't see a universe where he doesn't look out for his friends. The more holes have been poked in Wickham's story. So in the end, they decide, we're going to stick to whatever Lizzie... Lizzie's plan is, and they're going to have a good time, regardless of whatever drama is happening behind the scenes. I think the point is they made a plan, and the plan was boring, and it's a lot more fun to yeah. just go to a party and enjoy exactly. yourself. Like, whatever the plan is, no one's going to follow that. They're just going to go and have fun. Right. So, more to come. I'm very excited. We have a new character who's very juicy. I mean, the last new character we got was Collins. Which was fun. I mean, there was a lot to do. I mean, the proposal was a huge uh, arc in the story. Mm -hmm. Charlotte and Lizzie's fight was huge. So, But there's a lot more that comes together. Like, Wickham ties us more to the Darcys. Yes. Because next, I think, is... Well, I think technically next is Fitz. But eventually we get to meet Gigi, who's another character that really makes Darcy look like a great guy. Really Mm -hmm. redeem, like Bing and Gigi really redeem him in the eyes of- I mean, even though you kind of said it, but Bing, yeah, Yeah. actually also redeems Darcy. So there's a lot of characters who like stand up for Darcy and Lizzie's just more and more confused by these people every single time. Jumping to the comment section where we read original YouTube comments from when the episodes first aired. Comments for episode 45. Tianping Li says, thank you, Lydia. Just thank you. (laughs) Hold the Woe says, why is the source of all that is evil so darn handsome? Grace Byrne says, I nearly died when I first saw his face, and I'm pretty sure the noise I made when he winked was not even human. Erica Williams says, I don't like the fact that she's bad-mouthing Darcy without him defending himself, and Wickham is kinda a tool, but he's a hot tool at best. There's no one here, When whenever they do costume theater and someone else is playing Darcy or she's playing Darcy, there's always someone to kind of counteract everything she's saying and saying like, well, he wasn't that bad. Mm. He actually said this and you were actually this way. Right. There's no one here to do that. You know what I think is funny? I don't think I read a single comment that said, you know, he's not that hot. He's not that great. <laughs> no. I don't know why you're all losing your minds over him. I did not see one comment like that. Everyone was like, praise the Lord. Yes, this is gr- this is perfection. Yeah. Brie Mozzarella says, Lizzie, are you really so shallow that you can't see past this guy's looks to the obvious egotistical swell-headed douchiness that lies within? Heck, it's not even within. This guy flaunts his looks, and it's 100% unattractive. And when someone's talk is smoother than butter, that's a clear indication that what's inside them is exceedingly slimy. You should not have let this creep into your life, let alone your bedroom. I am disappointed. Whoa, that was like a verbal thrashing from Brie Mozzarella. I love that name. She is not happy with Lizzie's choice of gentleman. You know, I'm kind of glad because he's not, you can tell he's not a douche to the Bennett sisters. But I see how he has the potential to be a douchebag to other people. <laughs> the potential lies within. It lies within. <laughs> oh, Yolanda says, 
Wickham did a major double take on Lydia. Trouble. I called it from the start. You called it like you see I it. I didn't like him from the start. Yeah, no, he's, you can't do that. You can't, like, be at a girl's house in her bedroom and then her sister comes in and then you look and, like, don't even pretend like it didn't happen. Have yeah. the decency to lie. I mean, he already <laughs> does that enough, but... Still, it's on camera. Lizzie edits these videos now. She saw. She <laughs> knows. The Yolanda of five years ago called it. I know. I, I didn't like him. I didn't. I Not that I didn't like him, but I had bad feelings about him then, and I have mm. bad feelings about him now. Oh, yes. <laughs> and then from episode 46, Rebecca says, My friend and I planned a Lizzie Bennet Diaries party once. We called the party plans Operation Chicken. <laughs> Based off the drawing that looked like a chicken, yes. I guess. Colored in colon says, you know, I did see a total foreshadow when Wickham said people to do, places to see. This next comment is actually quoting Wickham in Pride and Prejudice. Love Peace Natty quotes from Pride and Prejudice chapter 16. And this is Wickham talking about Darcy. We are not on friendly terms, and it always gives me pain to meet him, but I have no reason for avoiding him but what I might proclaim to all the world, a sense of very great ill usage and most painful regrets at his being what he is. Oh. Just everything about him is painful. His being what he is. That's, that cuts deep. Yeah. That's like, I can't think of a thing that I'm okay with about him. Mm -hmm. Ronald Weasley's wife says, to be honest, I'm just not buying the Wickham storyline. So far, I think the adaptation has been very cleverly done, but this just feels forced and a bit unbelievable to me. Book Wickham is much better at faking being a gentleman than you are Wickham. I'm keeping my fingers crossed for the next episode, though. I mean, that's true. Like, there's not really a, as many red flags in personality in the novel. But I, I like the red flags being obvious. There's more to talk about. Yeah, this person, I mean... Quite like me. <laughs> I'm just like, from the start, anything he says, I'm not going to believe him. And I think that's also partially due to the fact that we know the outcome, we know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But also, it's because of the way he is. Everything about his personality, I think, to me was just like, nope, I'm not going to trust this guy. Yeah. That wraps it up for this episode. Check out our social media. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at The Pemberley. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Pemberley. And if you'd like to talk to us directly or have any questions, email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. And to support the podcast, donate to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash thepemberley, or leave us a review on iTunes. That helps other people to find this podcast. You can find links to all of these pages on our WordPress page, thepemberleypodcast.wordpress.com, where we also include links to anything we mentioned on the show. Thanks again for listening. Bye! Bye.